everyone, and welcome to Be The Leader You Deserve podcast, where our mission is to inspire you to ask yourself, are you the leader you deserve? Hi, I'm Jill Handley. And I'm Laura Donnelly. And this is Season 5, Episode 2, Family Engagement, Involvement versus Engagement. Do you know the difference? So this season, we're going to be talking about various components of what we consider to be the missing ingredient of school success, family engagement. And we all know how important it is to have parents plugged in. And if you're like us, sometimes you use those words interchangeably, parent involvement, parent engagement, to mean the same thing. Well, we used to do that because a few years ago when I was at a conference, um, I attended a session that was centered around family engagement. And so at the beginning of the session, the presenter started talking about the difference between the two. I was like, what? I mean, we've always used those synonymously. So of course my ears perked up and wanted to listen to that point. Uh, Because really up until that point, we've never really distinguished between the two, right? I mean, like we we would say, oh, I've got a parent engagement event. We've got a parent involvement event. Uh, What's your parent involvement numbers look like? So we really didn't distinguish between the two. So then after the conference is all, you know, good leaders do, I brought the idea back uh, to our admin team and we started having discussions Um, and so Laura was leading our family engagement committee and then we kind of we began to dig a little bit deeper into that discussion about the difference between parent involvement and parent engagement. So as we started engaging in this work um, this is by no means like the official definitions but how we view what we've learned as the difference between family involvement and family engagement. So Um, This is what we, this is how we view it. Family involvement refers to direct support in in school. So like they're volunteering, maybe going on field trips, but it's a physical presence here at school, right? They've come to family nights, uh, math night, literacy night, whatever the case may be. Family engagement means that the family's actively engaged with the child's academic success, although they may never physically come into the building. So they may be helping with homework at home. They may be asking them about their day, reinforcing school expectations and the importance of school, uh, maybe setting goals like, I really want you to, you're going to go to college or whatever the case may be, you're going to be successful in something. Um, So reinforcing the importance of education just in general and so much more. And I think that was really important, Laura, not only for us as an admin team or a, or a family engagement committee to distinguish between the two, but to help our whole staff mm-hmm. be involved in that conversation and understand the difference between the two. And our parents, too. Well, it really was a game changer because we there were just so many things, so many missing pieces that we were thinking of when we were thinking of involvement instead of engagement. And I think we're going to get into some of those stories in just a little bit, but I think that we weren't recognizing some of the things that our families were doing to be engaged because we weren't recognizing it if they weren't physically showing up into the building. I agree with you because prior to differentiating between the two, like we were measuring parent involvement or engagement at that time before we differentiate mm-hmm. the two through things like, um, and you've talked about this a little bit, like a, attendance at parent-teacher conferences, um, attendance to orientation, open house, math and literacy nights, going on field trips, volunteer hours. Um, and don't get me wrong, those things are all important. We still want all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think we came to recognize that we weren't really giving credit to all of those other things that families were doing to truly engage in their child's education. And so by proxy, we needed to reevaluate the approach that we were taking to, to really partner with our families. I would completely agree. And this is just a quick side note because I feel like we have to do this in, in this episode often. And honestly, as I was typing out some notes, I default back to this so much and talk about parent involvement or parent engagement. But we have to make that shift to families because we know that it's not biological parents that are always raising our kids, right? And even if their biological parents are raising their kids, sometimes it's grandma that's the one that's engaged with homework because parents are working or whatever the case may be. Maybe it's a court guardian, maybe it's an aunt or an uncle, but we have to make that switch because it doesn't matter who's engaged in that family, but that somebody in the family is engaged, right? And that's so important because not just from um, a think about it lens, but from a communication lens. Hmm. I even think about the way I address my letters home. It used to be dear parent slash guardian. And while at that time guardian encompassed a little Mm -hmm. bit broader audience, to your point, sometimes it's not the parent or the guardian who is most engaged as the family. Sometimes it's the neighbor who's the babysitter, Mm -hmm. but they're part of the bigger scope of family engagement. So I've really been trying to be intentional to not only think through that lens, but for the way that we address our families, Mm -hmm. dear families, Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's more inclusive. Also, and this is just a total soapbox and uh, just bear with me. I think a guardian has some sort of negative connotation with it. Like you're not the real biological Mm -hmm. parent. And so I've never enjoyed that word just in particular, because I think that that just has a a whole uh, thing, a whole bunch of things we could unpack around that. So I think families is is just much more inclusive. So if you've not made the switch from parents to families, really encourage you to do so. So going forward, we're going to try to be really intentional about not defaulting back to parents, but it may happen. And and that's okay because that's part of our growth, but we are going to be very intentional about trying to use family engagement from here on out. So Laura's soapbox was a little bit around just her own personal feelings. So Mm -hmm. while we're sharing soapboxes, (laughs) um, and this was one of the things, you know, I think sometimes, um, as educators, like, you know, I want to always to have considered myself to be a great educator, you know, from my very first step into the classroom. But I will say that my lens broadened once I had my own children. Mm -hmm. And then it broadened even more once they entered school. And then it really broadened when they started attending Kenwood. <laughs> um, but that, that's the beauty of it, is that it allowed me to, to look at, a, at what we do through different lenses. And so kind of talking about the way that we're viewing involvement versus engagement, so many schools still consider parent involvement slash engagement the same thing. And they only measure those things of when you're present. And so that, that was a, one aha as an educator of the school I'm, I'm leading, but two as a parent, it got me like, wow, if, all, if my children's school, because they've, they've moved on from Kenwood, um, if my children's school, if they view that through the same lens, then I'm probably one of the most uninvolved parents at the school. Because let's face it, I work a full-time plus job raising two kids, um, and then everything else that comes along with that. So if we continue to think through parent involvement slash engagement, if you've not separated the two, as what the parent is doing physically at the school, 
think about all of those great parents because I'm gonna call myself a great parent. Um, um, how many how many families we are excluding by being so limited? Jill is a great parent, and there are so many great parents that that applies to. Um, there was one student as we started really trying to make that transition from involvement to engagement. This family just stuck out to me more than any other because. This is, if you're not familiar, super familiar with Louisville, Kentucky, you probably at least heard of the Kentucky Derby. And we service a lot of people in that area around the track, the um, Churchill Downs, where the Kentucky Derby is run. And so a lot of those families that work at the track are Hispanic families. And, a, and many of the families of our families, um, Hispanic families that serve, work at the track, they live in that area so they can walk there, like door, just doors down from Churchill Downs. Well, one of our families in particular that um, dad works at the track, they live right by the track, they don't have transportation other than one car. And although they live fairly close, dad utilizes that throughout the day, and then mom does not ha have transportation. So I can't tell you, I can maybe count on one hand the amount of times I've seen their family in our building. And they've had kids, their oldest, who started with us in the first grade. We saw her yesterday, and she's now a sophomore in high school. So they've been in, uh, they've had kids in this building for a long time, right? At least nine years, ten years. So as I started thinking about that family, because um, their son had perfect attendance, and most years for the last four or five years, any student with perfect attendance has won a bike. So it doesn't matter if there's 10 students in the building or 40 students in the building, they all get a bike at the end of the last day of school. They didn't have transportation to come to the end of the year ceremony. So he's actually won a bike a couple years and I always have to deliver it to them because they can't show up. They don't have, mom doesn't have transportation and dad's working. Um, but I started thinking about their family in particular because their kids never miss school and they have so many excuses to, right? What if they miss the bus? Mom can't get them here because they don't have transportation. But school is such a priority, they don't miss it. They're always here, they're always on time, they always make the bus. And, the, and both of these children are achieving at high levels. So that's, I mean, that's a great example, Laura, that um, if we if we went with the old, what I'm going to call antiquated view of mm -hmm. parent involvement slash engagement um, before, again, before mm -hmm. we separated the two, we would have counted, we would have discounted this family altogether. Like because that, that parent's not involved. She's never here. She doesn't come to stuff. She didn't even make the end of the year ceremony when he won his bike. Like, how many times have we have said that in the past? Absolutely. And and we'll talk about those limiting views uh -huh. and, and, and judgmental things that we do in another episode. But you're right. But clearly, when we start broadening our understanding and definition to see what's really important is that engagement piece. Again, not that it's not important to be involved, mm -hmm. but the engagement piece is where it's at. And wow, how much do they really value education, right? So I love that we've made that shift because I think there are so many things that we were missing out before. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So, so clearly, as we talked about in, in episode one, 
family engagement is something that is 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 really close to our heart and I feel like yeah I feel like we've been working on it every year that we've every year that we've been that I've been a principal I feel like yeah we need to increase our family engagement um we that, do say that every year <laughs> we do uh, what that what that means has changed I uh-huh. feel like you know what it meant year one uh-huh. means something very different than than now I agree. um but nevertheless yeah I, you know I, I almost have this image of people listening right now going you too yeah, because I, I I'm pretty sure that that almost every uh uh-huh. administrator could say like oh us too that's that's a goal for us as well uh-huh. hey if you're one out there that has a hundred percent engagement not involvement not that they're all showing up uh-huh. to the family bake sale but that they're 100% engaged, please reach out to us because we want to know what you're doing. Um, But we're all striving for that, right? And so um, I think we've talked about this on the the podcast, but, you know, Laura's always such an inspiration to me and pushing me to be the best that I can be. And so, uh, you know, as a result of of her defending and and becoming Dr. Donnelly, that kind of pushed me back into, I'd started working on my doctoral work, gosh, seven, eight years ago and kind of put it on hold just because of some family things and priorities of different things I had going on. Uh, but I've re-engaged in that. And so in my class, uh, just this week, honestly, uh, I was given this document. And so one of one of many documents of resources that our awesome professors at the University of Louisville, shout out, go Cardinals, um, <laughs> uh, provide for us, but it's called the missing piece of the proficiency puzzle. Now, keep in mind, we called it the missing ingredient, and then I get this this document, the missing piece. And so I was, I, I, you know, I, I remember I next day I saw Laura, I was like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. And so essentially, this is like a 35-page document. Don't be scared by the, by the number of pages. But this was actually published in June of 2007, okay, 14 years ago. And um, essentially, the idea behind it is that the commissioner of education at that time um, had developed uh, a parent advisory council. And I know lots of our schools have parent advisory councils. In fact, you know, in varying forms. Sometimes it's a namesake only. Sometimes it's a really engaged body that expresses voice and has you know stakeholder buy-in in the school. But nevertheless, this group for the state of Kentucky at that time, um, they were kind of charged with putting together recommendations because around this time, don't forget, we were also under the guise of No Child Left Behind in which the expectation was that every child reached proficiency by 2014, right? And so a component of that was parent involvement. So this particular group, uh, the Commissioner's Parent Advisory Council, they were charged to putting together some recommendations for the state of Kentucky that centered around parent involvement. And so within this recommendation, you all, this is an amazing resource. Let me just say that if I haven't already, but they, they kind of came up with um, six objectives. They, they said, okay, here's what schools need to focus on because let's face it, when we have a goal, right? We need to set objectives mm-hmm. because otherwise we're just kind of dreaming pie in the sky. So objectives give us something to work towards and then also how to measure it. We also know that that's how we grow. We set goals and objectives, we determine how we're going to measure it, and then we kind of progress monitor along the way, right? So I want to kind of share the, um, the objectives that, that came from this particular document. So the first one is around relationship building. It says the school staff builds productive personal relationships with parents of all students. 
there's the word parent again. So again, those limiting, limiting terminology, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, number two, communications. Two-way information in many forms flows regularly between school, staff, and parents about students' academic achievement and individual needs. Three, decision-making. School staff encourages, supports, and expects parents to be involved in school improvement decisions and to monitor and assist school improvement. Four, advocacy. For each student, the school staff identifies and supports a parent or other adult who can take personal responsibility for understanding and speaking for that child's learning needs. Five, learning opportunities. The school staff ensures that families have multiple opportunities to understand how to support their child's learning. And six, community partnerships. The school staff engages and partners with community members to plan and implement substantive work to improve student achievement. Now, what I will say is that, well, yeah, if we had all those things amazingly, of course we'd be on on point. And you might be saying like, oh, I'm feeling a little anxious because that feels overwhelming. Especially the one around advocacy. In Uh fact, um, some of the criticism from this particular document, once it was reviewed, was around that. Um, That seemed a little heavy, uh, putting that responsibility not only on families, but on on school as well. So so I'm not saying that this is the end-all, be-all document, but I found it very interesting that they were defining these objectives. And the other cool thing was that there are also rubrics for each of these components for schools to kind of do a self-assessment to see where you're at and know where your priority needs are at. Well, and I definitely think there could be a sense of overwhelming because just as you were reading that, even with all the work that we've done, like community partnerships is a whole hoax of things in and of itself, right? So like I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed as you were reading it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, I, funny, I was feeling overwhelmed as I was reading it. And this isn't the first time I've read it because, you know, I think it's what we do with everything when you hear something, you think, how does this apply to me? So, so as I was reading this, of course I was thinking, so how does this apply to how we're doing at Kenwood? And while we've made gains, leaps and bounds in what we do with family engagement, there's always room for growth. And we know we still have a long way to go. And to Laura's point, any one of these mm-hmm. is a huge task. And so um, the message here is not go out and get great with all of these tonight. Because it's not going to happen. No, or even next year. But I think um, what this did was this kind of allowed us to think through, okay, step one, we've kind of divided the two terms and, and better understood that there are involvement opportunities, there are engagement opportunities. These objectives then kind of took it to the next level to help start to think through, okay, So how do we build relationships and communicate with each of these things? You know, that decision-making. So starting to thread those objectives through our involvement opportunities and our engagement opportunities and the structures that we have around each Mm -hmm. one of those. Well, so needless to say, like I said, this document has so much more and I was so excited to share it with Laura. (laughs) And then she goes on to ask me, she was like, "Um, Jill? If this is such a great document, when did you say that was? When did you say that was put out? Was, yeah, because we were we were having this conversation. I was like, that is really incredible, and I love that there's a rubric for each of those. But when did you say that, that was? It was published in 2007, but it's from work in 2006. Yeah, and this is 2021. And Why have we never seen it before? Right, and full disclosure, you all know I'm going to start year 25 in, in education. 
you know, and if, and full disclaimer here, there's a good chance that this came across an email, that this was in some thick binder of training that I've gotten over the years. I don't remember it. It could have been, I, I, so, but I do want to give that disclaimer. But I can honestly say that at no point in my entire history, not as a teacher, an instructional coach, an administrator, have I been immersed in this work. And knowing how important family engagement is, and again, this document is not the end-all be-all. We are going to share so many strategies and resources this season, but it's interesting to me that at one point this was a guiding document, and it's still a good one, albeit 14 years old. It's still a great document. Why is it not a a more um, important document and more time given to this? And where has this been and why didn't we know about it? Yeah. Why is there not more of a focus on it? Actually, uh, you know, and so that kind of leads us to a bigger discussion. You know, we all can agree. I mean, listener, leader, building administrator, I know you're shaking your head and that you would agree with us. Teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Instructional assistant. Parent. Right. <laughs> Hello, parents. I know Family you. member. Yes. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> for that. Um um, you, you're, you're shaking your head. The importance of family engagement is at the top of the importance of everything else we do. So if we know this and we know all the implications that are around partnering with families, why one, are so many schools still struggling? And two, I think the two is probably the answer to it. Why is it more time, resources, allocation, training, importance, given to it. So if you've listened to season two, you may remember um, our guest, Crystal Hawkins, who is absolutely dynamite. And is going to be back this season, spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. And is passionate and has the most amazing energy. She's the leader of family engagement efforts in our district. And let's, but let's face it though, we are the 26th largest district in the nation. We serve approximately 100,000 students. And Crystal is a team of one for family engagement. That's not a dig at our district because we know that it's we. That's not unique to just us. And I mean, let's face it: there are probably many districts out there that don't even have a team of one. Right. So the fact that, and, and you know, if you listen to Crystal's episode, she's such a boss that she was in the courageous uh, female leadership. Mm-hmm. She recognized that need as an educator, so she made that position happen. If you, and so this is a plug. If you haven't listened to that episode, because it does talk about why family engagement was so important to her, what family engagement meant in her family, because her mom wasn't one that showed up physically in the building. That's a good episode to go, go back and give a listen. But so we started talking like that. This isn't just a unique um, thing that's, hap- that's occurring in JCPS. It's not just unique to our district. This is happening across the state. It's happening across the nation. But why is that? So next week, we are going to do a deeper dive into the mindsets and limiting beliefs that we have about families in the system of education and what the mindset shift is that we all need to have as leaders and educators. And so we are so excited about that. Um, So today's takeaways. So here's what we'd like you to kind of reflect upon. One, are you still using the words parent involvement and parent engagement synonymously with your staff and your families? If you are, then we're going to challenge you to ask yourself, how are you going to start engaging in conversation around the difference between the two? 
if you've already separated those two and you have a distinction between the two, um, have you collectively, with your staff and families, created a definition for each of those that, that you're working with? And finally, are you using those collective definitions and the objectives that we've talked about today um, around the different types of parent engagement um, and involvement to guide your decision making? Or, or have you gotten as far as, yeah, we've, we've defined them, but really we still, you know, only measure when they show up to volunteer. And if, you, if that's where you're at, that's okay because we were there too. Absolutely. And again, we still have lots of room to grow, but we have learned a lot and, and have grown a lot um, and have reflected a lot and have gotten feedback from our families a lot, which again, this season is going to be so incredible because you're going to hear about all of that. And so even though we're not at a final destination, and I don't think there's ever a final definite destination for family engagement, we want to share with you, because we were just there, what we did to improve and where we're going. So hopefully that can help you in your, along your journey as well. So if you enjoyed this episode, family engagement involvement versus engagement, do you know the difference? Please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. We would love to know what your biggest takeaways are from today's episode and what burning questions you still have about family engagement or would, that you would like for us to discuss this season. Send us a message on Twitter or tag us with your ideas using the hashtag be the leader you deserve. If this is your first episode or if you have not listened to the entire first, second, third, and fourth seasons, we would love to know what you think. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to get automatic episode updates for our be the leader you deserve. And don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter so that you can get more frequent updates, quotes, and inspiration to carry you through the week. Jill and I also post on our personal accounts, some days better than others, so check those out (laughs) as well. And finally, please take a minute to leave us an honest review and rating on Apple Podcasts. They really help us out when it comes to the ranking of the show, and we make it a point to read every single one of the reviews that we get. Also, just a quick shout out. Thank you to whoever from Turks and Caicos is listening to our podcast. Thanks for joining on. So at this time, have a great week and don't forget to ask yourself, am I the leader I deserve and what am I doing about it?